Welcome to Restaurant Influencers presented by Entrepreneur. My name is Sean Walcheff, founder of Cali BBQ and Cali BBQ Media. We are grateful to be coming to you live from the London Hotel in West Hollywood. We are at the Spark event, which is Spark LA put on by Toast. Toast is a primary technology partner at our restaurants. They are also the title sponsor of the show. They help us give us this platform to reach so many incredible people, incredible hospitality leaders all over the globe in life, in the restaurant business, and in the new creator economy. We learn through lessons and stories. Today we have a very special guest. We have Sam Fonseca of Roll 'em Up Taquitos. He is a partner. He is the COO, and uh, he's here to get ready to have an incredible day at Spark LA. What's up, Sam? Let's do it. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate Absolutely you. Absolutely humble to be here. Uh, there are. In, it's really cool for me to be here. Kyle and Sarah. He's my co-host at Restaurant Idea Factory. He flew in all the way from New York City just to come to this event. Um, the amount of leaders that are going to be all in one space is what gets me excited. Um, it's why I love doing this show. We get to connect with so many people on LinkedIn, on TikTok, on YouTube, and we get to meet the brands that are moving hospitality forward. Uh, I need you to give me where in the world is your favorite stadium, stage, or venue? Dodger Stadium, baby. Dodger Stadium. Dodger Stadium, followed very closely by old Raider Stadium okay. in Oakland. Damn, I miss that place. I love the New Vegas spot. Yeah. But damn, do I miss Oakland. There was just something about it, whether it was a nasty old stadium walking over from the, from the BART. It was just... This great environment. So, so sports I, fan through and through. LA sports fan. All right. So we're going to go to Chavez Ravine. We're going to go to Dodger Stadium. And let's say that Spark gets way bigger next year. And Toast rents out the entire Dodger Stadium. Now, instead so. of 400 people in the room, 400 liters, we're talking about, what does Chavez Ravine hold? Like 60,000? 70,000 hospitality leaders, all of you that tune into this show, flying over from all over the globe to come. I'm gonna put you on the pitcher's mound, give you a mic and say, Sam, I need to know your elevator pitch. This is Shark Tank style. Elevator pitch for Roll 'em Up Taquitos. Definitely. Why, why are we investing, all of us, all 70,000? The great thing about uh, Roll 'em Up Taquitos, it's, it's the only taquito-centric uh, restaurant group out there. So we, you know, usually the taquito is the third cousin on a Mexican menu. For us, it's number one. It's something that uh, was started off by Mama Karen. It was just a family thing that she would take to every single event. And uh, unfortunately, Miss Karen passed away. And Ryan and his wife Tiff decided, what a better way to make sure that we extend her legacy, Miss Karen's legacy, is by making sure that we have the world taste her famous taquitos. And uh, I went in there as a customer, I fell in love with it. It was the first time I'd gone in there and the place looked great. There was reggae music, there was taquitos. Didn't even know how those two came together, but it just felt great, it tasted great. I gave uh, the kid at the counter my business card and said, hey, have the owner call me. An hour later, I was on the phone with Ryan. We've been friends in the business and now we're partners in the business and absolutely loving it. So we have 10 restaurants right now. We're in three states and excited to, uh, you know, meet folks here at this event. And uh, thank you very much for having us. Absolutely. So how many, uh, how many do you have in development? Right now we have about 150 in a development. 150 yeah. in development. So it's, it's really, really exciting. You know, it, it's, a, it's a blessing to work with the folks that we're working with. We have uh, great, you know, great folks in the business that are connecting. And we're really looking for 
great restaurant folks that have a passion, a passion for a great brand that take a lot of pride in what they do. And also most importantly, they have a passion in taking care of people. We are looking for those individuals that love the restaurant industry. It's not a hobby or something that, oh, maybe I, I wanna try this out. No, they, they have an absolute passion for the restaurant industry and most importantly for people, right? I had a great opportunity to work with In-N-Out Burger for 14 years, Raising Cane's for another five years. I was a franchisee for Dave's Hot Chicken. And the major focus is a great product that's gonna help us open up opportunities and doors for folks in the restaurant industry. And uh, it's been a blessing to somebody, a lot of folks did that for myself. I wanna make sure I continue that. A lot of things that I've learned in 15 years of running our barbecue restaurants is that just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. Yeah. <laughs> You've worked for some brands that understand what simplification means. Absolutely. Can you talk about what Roll em Up Taquitos does to simplify, and not only simplify, but to celebrate like you said, the third cousin on the on the Mexican menu. Yes. Yeah. You know, working with those great concepts, there were great gatekeepers at this is who we are and we're not going to change. This is our one love from Raising Cane's at In-N-Out Burger. There was no chicken burger. There was no this, no veggie. No, it was. How many, time, how many times do. do you think customers ask? Oh, my gosh. They would ask me about when, when are we gonna add chicken to the play? When is tofu coming in? Sorry, that's not gonna happen. And that same, uh, with that what, same What was the response? Because as, as a corporation, you know, we're talking about In-N-Out, we're talking about Raising Cane's, and even now with Dave's Hot Chicken, incredible brands. As you get bigger, you have more and more people that answer these questions. What were the responses when we, somebody asks? Pretty much the, the response that was given all the time is this is what we do and want to be the best at this. Anything else that we try and do is going to take away our focus on what we love to do. Why do you think that's so hard for people to understand, especially restaurateurs? It's, it's sometimes difficult with even our own franchisees, yeah. right? They fall in love with our brand and then they go, hey, I have an idea. Can we bring in rosemary potatoes? And we're like, no, that's not who we are, right? Uh, so, you know, our role, my role is to make sure that our focus is on our taquitos, right? Mama Karen and her legacy is this right here, right? It's, so we can't add other things. When you add other things, it actually devalues what we do best. It's going to take our attention away, just even a smidgen, for something else. If we're baking cookies or we're doing this or we're doing that. No, look, this is what our menu is. Let's make sure we're the very best at this. And uh, I was so fortunate and blessed to work with those great brands that I talked about where they were very, very, a lot of folks get to miss, uh, they, they think, oh, that's simple, that's easy. No, it's actually extremely difficult because it's such a focused menu, right? It's not like you're going to a restaurant where if you don't like the tilapia, then you could just switch and then you'll get the shrimp and then you'll get this, you get that. This is it, and we want to be the best at it. Huge news, Toast, our primary technology partner at our barbecue restaurants in San Diego, and the primary technology partner of so many of the guests that we have on this show, have announced they are expanding their business offerings with Google. 
So now if you search on Google Maps and you sign up for Toast Tables or Toast Waitlist, you will have the opportunity to improve the digital hospitality experience of the guest, allow them to book through the maps into the Toast Reservation system. One of the biggest difficulties that restaurant guests have is when they search for your restaurant and they want a table, they do not have an easy solution to book a table or to get on a wait list. Toast has just announced that they are expanding their offerings with Google and they now have introduced Toast tables and Toast reservations. This is huge news for the restaurant industry, huge news for guests and huge news for you, the restaurant owner. Check out Toast tables today and find out the new integrated solution that they have. This is something that we've wanted for a long time. How do you integrate reservations, wait lists into your point of sale? Toast has done it. Check it out. Chip Close, who's a, a close friend of mine, fellow podcaster, he recommended I listen to some podcasts with Seth Godin. Seth Godin, the great marketing genius. He was on a series of podcasts with Brian Koppelman. And if anybody's listening to this and you love marketing as much as we do, I highly suggest you go listen to that series. But in those conversations, he talked about going to visit Momofuku, David Chang's mm -hmm. concept. Um, early on, back in the days, before David Chang was the David Chang that we know. And he said he would go there and he would order Brussels sprouts and they were bacon Brussels sprouts. Mm -hmm. But he would get them without bacon. Mm -hmm. Eight times, he would go every Saturday slow, he would sit there and say, please don't, don't add the bacon. He went there the ninth time and they said, I'm sorry, but that's not how we make it. And Seth said, as disappointed as he was, that's when he knew David Chang would make it. Awesome. When he had the courage to tell him no, if you want a vegetarian option, you need to go somewhere else. Can you talk about brand courage to do what you just talked about? You know, uh, I was reading something where the president of, C of, uh, of Southwest Airlines, right? Where somebody uh, sent him a letter and said, hey, I don't understand why you guys do the way you guys board, right? Why don't you have a signed seat? Yeah. And I'm not going back until you change that. And, he, and his response to that was, we greatly appreciate you and we wish you the best. Because you can't be a jack of all trades and master of none. Focus on what you do best. Focus what, what's on, what's your passion. And um, I, I think that's when folks come, they're like, hey, can we do breakfast? Can we do this? Can we do that? And uh, I'm almost uh, the COO of no. No, <laughs> we don't do that. That's not who we are. And uh, we want to make sure that you guys understand, look, in and out Burger's been around this year is going to be his, their 75th year, if I'm not mistaken. But they've never changed. They've always stayed true to what Harry and Esther Schneider started. And what a beautiful thing, right? So. Can you tell me the in and out story? Absolutely. The one that you learned? The one Absolutely. that you can repeat? Heck yeah. I better have some water though, because I'm going to cry. Tell me. So my dad, he's always taught me, you treat everybody great. Doesn't matter if they're president whoever they are. So I'm 17 years old. I'm working in West Covina, California at the In-N-Out Burger. I'm walking up, hot as hell day. Guys in there, boom, landscaper, right? So I pass by, I'm like, hey bud, I'm Sam. He's like, and I asked him like, hey, you want something to drink? It's hot as heck out here. He's like, yeah, please. Cool. I walk inside, get him some, something to drink, come back outside. And then uh, I'm working, right? Working the drive-thru, phone rings, I uh, GM Frank picks up the phone. He's like, turns into a ghost. He's white. And he's like, Sammy, get over here. 
And I'm like, sure, what happened? He's like, Esther Snyder's on the phone. I'm like, oh, crap. He's like, here you go, right? So this is the founder of In-N-Out Burger. She gets on the phone, she goes, Sam? I said, yes. She says, Mrs. Snyder. I said, Hi, hello, Mrs. Snyder, how are you? And she said, hey, you know the guy that you gave a water to? After he does West Covina, he comes to my house in Glendora. And when he gets there, he's doing my landscaping, and he says, uh, you know who you, uh, you should reach out to is this kid named Sam. He's working in and out, 64. I'm like, I'm freaking hyped, right? <clears throat> the thing about that is, that's what my dad taught me. You always take care of people. It comes back. How in the hell was I supposed to know that Esther Snyder, and, and the amazing thing is, like, here's two great lessons from two amazing leaders, my dad and then Esther Snyder, for her to go, you know what? I need to call him up and say, hell yeah. That's, that's the type of people that we want on our, on our team. And I, I'm, this is literally back in 1997, still like one of the proudest moments. Because it was doing something right because of what you were taught, your core, va core values. So that, that's my in and out story that like, dude, I, I freaking get jacked up every time I say it. I really appreciate you sharing that. Thanks. You sharing that story is exactly why we created this show. Why we believe in the things that we believe in. Why we love Toast as much as we love Toast. As it gives us, as somebody that I have an incredible team that's working so hard running our restaurant so that I can be here today. I have an incredible team that's here. But this is the stuff that makes an impact on the entire industry. And because entrepreneur, this goes to so many people. It's the little things that matter. Okay. You spent 14 years with In-N-Out. How did you leave? You know what? One of the things that uh, I learned is you've got to be true to your core values. And uh, when my core values, um, it, when you get so, uh, I, I was very young, right? I was very young. I was moving up and shoot, I was like the fastest one to go from, you know, team member to district manager. I had the busiest area. But one of the things that God does is they humble you. He humbles you. And I got way too big where I thought, shit, I know it all. And God has a way to humble you and go, no, you don't know it all. And it was one of the best things that he could have done for my life because it taught me, like, you never cross your core values, right? And one of the things that a huge core value of mine is making sure that I'm always have high integrity. And one of the things that really did impact me was, look, I, I chose to date somebody in the restaurant industry that I shouldn't have dated. And that really, like, that was such a huge thing because no matter how great you do in your career, if, like, you, you lose your, uh, who you are in seconds, right? And you make a bad choice, it wasn't a mistake, it was a bad choice, right? And one of those things that, that's taught me is like, you never cross your best friend and your integrity is your best friend, right? And um, I always wanna be a great personal example of what I do and, and the people that I lead. And you know, sometimes one of those things where, where you just have one of those moments where you're like, man, I can't believe I no longer am in the role that I'm in, then it really, you have to dig inside and go, what did I learn from it? 
how can I get better and how can I move forward to make sure that this is, it, it's going to teach you, but you fell forward and you learn and you grow and you get better. Was that your biggest mistake in the restaurant business? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But it wasn't a mistake. It was a choice. Right. And I always talk about that. I talk about that to all my folks that work with us now. Right. It's uh, it's a mistake if you drop a burger, but if it's a choice, then you're going to be held accountable for that. Right. And uh, accountability is a fantastic thing. And God taught me a great lesson on making sure that I'm accountable. So you gave us the in and out story. I know Raising Cane's obviously has an incredible story, but I want to talk about roll them up taquitos. Yes. Bring me back to that story. Bring me back to how did you get, why, why did you go visit the restaurant in the first place? So um, I'm working over at uh, Raising Cane's. I'm a district manager for them, area leader. And I get a message come up. One of my emails comes up and it's, hey, a customer's upset about their visit that they had. Called up, called them up right away. Said, hey, how you doing? My name's Sam. So does every district manager respond to reviews? Yes. So that's yeah. Raising Cane's wow. is a machine, okay? 26 years I've had, um, God, that was such a great blessing in working with Raising Cane's. Not, on, not only do you have a great founder in Todd Graves, but just everything that he's built, right? And uh, it, it's, you've, you have to take care of the customer, right? So I get on the phone, call up this uh, customer, and let them know we take great pride in what we do. You let me know where to meet you, I'll meet you and I'll make sure to cook food myself, make, make sure I'll take it out to you. Send me a text message later on that week. Hey, we were going to swing by this restaurant. Perfect. I met him there. Has anyone taken you up on that offer before? Yeah. 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 Really? Yeah. But this was, this was a different one. This was a very, very different situation. So cooked the meal for him, came out with his family, was checking out on him. Everything was great. And uh, before he left, he just kind of walked me around the restaurant and just said, hey, uh, thank you so much. That really means a lot. It was great. Perfect. He goes, have you, uh, do you like to eat out a lot? I said, I love to eat out. I'm in the restaurant industry. I have to know what's going on. He's like, you got to go check out this place called Roll Em Up Taquitos. I said, Roll Em Up Taquitos? I've never heard of it. Where is it? Chino Hills. Huh. That's not too far from here. I'll go check it out. Never in my 30 years of the restaurant industry has anybody told me, go check out this restaurant from a customer complaint, right? So I went with my wife, took the kids, we went to go eat, we walk in, and it didn't make sense to me what I was, what I was looking at. The place looks awesome, right? So you're thinking like, I'm coming to a taquito place, kind of mom and pop place, but it looks outstanding, right? The energy's great, they're greeting us right away. Music is blasting. I'm like, cool, this feels good. Get the food, go sit down. My wife and I eat very different. Um, and my kids, my, my daughter, I think she's a cheesecaterian. All she eats is cheese. Uh, <laughs> That's the thing? I think so. <laughs> Never heard of that. <laughs> cheesecaterian, huh? Okay. <laughs> so, um, she, uh, so we love it. We love the food. And it's tough for my family to find a place where we all love it, right? So then I go to the counter and then uh, I just give him my business card to the kid that was there. And I uh, said, hey, but is the owner here? He's like, no, said, here, give him my business card, have him call me. An hour later, he's on the phone with me and I uh, just told him, hey, you have something really special here. And uh, I asked him, well, what are your plans? 
He's like, Sam, I'm not sure if I want to go corporate or if I want to franchise. And I said, hey, either way, just want to let you know you have a friend in the business. And uh, if you have ever any questions, anything, call me, hit me up. So that's how our relationship started. And, um, you know, in, in that time while I got to meet Ryan, then another opportunity came up where I can be a partner in the, for, for Dave's Hot Chicken. He saw that I moved from, you know, Raising Cane's to Dave's Hot Chicken, and he's like, dude, I didn't know you were looking. I said, no, I wasn't quite looking, but this opportunity came up, and he, he just said, hey, we've got to work together somehow. Like, let's make this work. And, you know, things are going so well over at Dave's, and uh, we have the busiest restaurant in the entire system, you know, just great people there with us. And they, he just kept calling me, kept calling me, asking me questions. And uh, it was like about a year and a half kind of like dance that we were doing, right? And then he's, you know, one day I get a call from him and I said, what's up, Ryan? And he's like, no, it's not Ryan. It's his wife, Tiff. I said, oh, hi, Tiff. He's like, hey, you guys been talking for a while. And uh, what is it going to take for you to be, instead of a friend in the business, a partner in the business? And she just was like, she's just a closer, you know? So, <laughs> so that was about as, uh, and we just started talking, prayed a lot about it, talked to my wife, brought my parents out to the restaurant. Parents are huge, just like my wife, uh, huge people in my life that really will determine where this ship goes, right? And, um, and we, I've been here for now five months, absolutely love it, you know, it's been great. We grew three restaurants in the month of January, it was the best month I've ever had grown restaurants and uh, really, really proud of the team. Why is social media important to restaurants? Social media is just uh, this powerful, powerful tool, right? That can reach uh, folks in different countries, in different states. And based off the feedback that we get from social media is pretty much how, you know, if we find the right partner where we go. You know, so it's it's really, really interesting how somebody could be on, you know, on social media late at night as they're scrolling and they, they find the taquitos and then they're like, man, when are you going to be out in Atlanta? When are you going to be out in Colorado? And it's just an amazing marketing tool. And gosh, you know, when I talk to kids now or I talk to folks that work with us and I ask them like, hey, what's your favorite TV show? They're like, I don't even watch TV. <laughs> You know, if, if, if I, yeah. you know, sometimes I'm asking them like, hey, what's your favorite cartoon growing up? And they're like, Sam, I have no clue what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, what? You don't watch, you know, Saturday night cartoons? They're like, no, we don't, we don't do that, Sam, right? So the power of social media at, at, you know, in somebody's hand and how they can, you know, that can tell them where to go, go eat next, right? Or, you know, once we arrive in Arizona, we're about to open up a restaurant out in Chandler, Arizona. Folks have already been eating our food through their eyes, right? It's, it's incredible. Yeah, you guys have, we're going to put links in the show notes, but roll them up to Keto's. Over 100,000 TikTok followers. You guys absolutely crush it on Instagram, Thank on you. Facebook. Um, internet storytelling. We, for me, it's crazy that in the restaurant economy, people that are original creators with food forever, we're really good in real life. Mm -hmm. We're just not really good at sharing what we do in real life on all these different platforms. You know, we start to bring up subjectively how we feel about Facebook or how we feel about TikTok. Mm -hmm. And what I tell restaurant owners is just remove the logo. 
and start telling your story. Start showing the love that you have, the people that work in your business, the food that you're preparing, why you're preparing it, the people that you do business with. I mean, we wouldn't be doing this event here at Toast if I wasn't making videos about how much we appreciate what Toast did for us. Sure. Toast helped us transform our restaurant from just a brick and mortar business to focusing on online sales, focusing on what we call digital hospitality. Can you talk about your guys' tech stack? Yeah, um, you know, we're, for Ryan, he, he's he's amazing at that. You know, what I mean, he's amazing at really looking at it. And he, he's so much into like how great our food looks and um, different ways that we can, you know, different platforms that we can go onto that. But uh, you know, he does a really great job of that. And then for us, we've you know we've utilized Toast. Toast has been fantastic for us. We also amazing. use uh, Olo. Olo has helped us out with third-party integration. That's a huge, huge part for us. Uh, that, that business just continues to grow as we extended our hours. Now we're opening at nine o'clock in the morning. Nine in the morning for taquitos? Nine Chiquitos? in the morning and closing at one o'clock in the morning, right? Wow. We did this, right? We just started doing this. Again, I did that with Raising Cane's, right? So I started opening up our restaurant at Raising Cane's. I ran the busiest Raising Cane's in the entire company history. We we're doing $12 million. 12 million unit volume? Restaurant. Wow. With the average check of $8.53. $8.53? Come on. <laughs> wow. So when we started going, and, and this just happened. That's so many checks. Oh, it was. We <laughs> I don't see, know what the math is. It was 1.4 million customers a year. Oh my gosh. And um, so I was getting to that restaurant literally at like three o'clock in the morning, right? I couldn't get there at, at the start where they said I'll get here at eight o'clock in the morning it was a beast because I had to get there that early in the morning to beat the truck that was coming in with deliveries every single day right because our walk-in was so small mm -hmm. if that truck got there before I did then they would just leave everything in the middle and I would have to take everything out I mean dude I was working up a sweat right so I'm like no 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 I gotta think smarter I gotta get there at three o'clock in the morning right and we get there at three o'clock in the morning, we have a team and we're just cranking. I mean, we're making lemonade like crazy. I mean, we're making coleslaw, we're pumping cane sauce. It is a machine, right? So then we would get there so early in the morning that um, when we would have a store meeting or we had a restaurant meeting, excuse me, or a manager's meeting, it would be like at six o'clock in the morning, mm -hmm. right? So I'm like, hey, we're the busiest restaurant in the world. Gotta get here early. Let's, early bird gets warm, right? So we had this like, kind of like this really exciting, like uh, just passion for the business, right? And I was in a meeting, six o'clock in the morning, and then somebody comes to the door, a customer. <laughs> and this for raising canes, I mean, fried chicken, tenders, right? No breakfast. No eggs. And somebody went to go tell him like, we're not, we're not open yet. And I ran to go talk to him and I said, excuse me, um, have you ever come here before? You're like, yeah. And I said, uh, what made you think that we were open? He's like, all the cars in the parking lot. Mm. Yes. Thank, Thank you so, so much. much. Go to the meeting. And I'm like, guys, remember that thing I told you guys that you guys couldn't park near the restaurant? <laughs> and if you did, I'll write you up. Every manager. Every manager. Right? Because everybody had to park yeah. at the Sears across the way. Of course. Hey, you will not be written up park right here we're gonna open at nine o'clock in the morning right so we start opening up at nine o'clock but in the you morning. told everyone to park there 
Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. I'm that like, is absolutely brilliant. The customer just told me, if you want to make more money, park on your lot. Because yeah. usually, like, if <laughs> it's you... It's literally the antithesis. Every restaurant owner that's listening to this is going to be like, wow, that's that's brilliant. Because every single restaurant, so remember, we all do the same thing. Remember the In-N-Out story that I told you yeah. about? That I saw the landscaper? It's because I was walking from who knows where. Yeah, exactly. Because you did not park on the Dude, lot. Absolutely. Right? right. So, so, I'm, so now, I'm at the... We were just having a meeting. I'm like, guys, you're more than welcome to park in the lot. Yeah. They're like, what? And we're going to open at 9 o'clock in the morning. And they're like, we don't open until 1030. I'm like, 9 o'clock in the morning. Let's try this out. First day, $125 from 9 to 10. Awesome. Like, mm. Oh, yeah? Yes. <laughs> yes. We'll because I didn't have to add on more labor. That's Because everybody's already everybody's there. Everybody's there. Yeah, correct. We just have a couple orders. Correct. But then it goes to $250 a yeah. day. If you do the math on that. It's about $90,000 a year, Yeah, right? That paid for my GM salary. So, you know, then kind of find out the, uh, the CEO of, the, of the, uh, the company, CEO at the time, calls me up. He's like, what are you doing opening at 9 o'clock in the morning? I said, hey, customers want it. So he sends somebody from Plano, Texas. And she's just there. Gabby's just there to watch us work. And she's like, you're really going to open at 9? I said, absolutely. Boom, 9 o'clock in the morning, first car. Yeah, let me get a 25 tailgate and 25 toast. She gets on the phone with Plano. It's happening. And I said, there we go. Yeah. Right? right? So why does every restaurant in, in California for Raising Cane's open at 9 o'clock in the morning? Park on the lot, baby. No way. Park on the lot. That's part of that's policy that's now? That, if you go to a Raising Cane's at 901, you're walking in because it's open. That's right? amazing. So then we started doing that with, uh, with Rolo Up, with our three corporate restaurants. One of the things that I really uh, want to make sure that I really loved about folks that, uh, you know, that are franchisors is they test something in-house before they roll it out, right? Uh, so I wanted to test it again. And I started opening at 9 o'clock in the morning at our three corporate restaurants. Uh, this happened on January 30th of this year. And then uh, and we don't close till 1 o'clock in the morning, right? And so it's a, you have to educate your customers. in and out has been doing it since 1948. They just educated their customers, right? So I said, hey, we're going to do that. Um, first night at our three corporate restaurants, we sold $22 from 12 a.m. to 1 a.m. Uh, I almost got fired, right? <laughs> <laughs> they were like, are you sure this is going to work? I said, just be patient, baby. Yeah. Just be patient, right? Now... Uh, We've saw what we did in, in February, what we've done in the first 18 days of, 19 days now of, uh, of March. We're trending to do over $700,000 at our three corporate restaurants from extending those booking hours. But there's something else to it though. Something else that I did not even think about. That's freaking amazing. Well, we used to close at 10, right? Well, by now closing at one, two words that I hated, hated, absolutely hate to this day, pre-closing, right? So what would happen is if, if you close Like, are you closed or are you not closed? Exactly. Are you open or are you not open? So if you close at 10, yes. your team yes. is now thinking pre-closing at eight, right? And pre-closing at eight, right? Exactly. 7.30. Exactly. So what happens is if you're a customer 
like I don't do this. If if I know that I'm craving something, but they're going to close within the next half hour, I'm like, no, babe, let's go somewhere else. Because we we know we yeah. know the culture, and also my wife has never worked in the restaurant industry, yeah. but she walks in and we have like we feel like a villain. Like they look at us like, mm, I cannot believe you're here. So by us extending out the hours to one o'clock in the morning, our eight o'clock hour, our nine o'clock hour, through the roof. Because you extended it so far. Because you extended. So now, number one, the customer doesn't feel like a villain if they come in at 9.30, because it's till one. And the crew is focused on the customer and not on pre-closing. So it's been awesome, just the sales that we're observing at those hours. And um, remember, again, I used to start at three o'clock in the morning. Um, then around five o'clock, I'd tell the team, like, I'm gonna go get some donuts. I go to the local donut shop. There's a line out the door. And I'm like, excuse me, what time do you start work? He's like, right now. I said, okay. So this is breakfast. I said, yeah. So what time is lunch? Nine o'clock. What do you have for what do you have for lunch? Breakfast again? He's like, we hate that. We have to go find a place that serves lunch. Nine o'clock. So we're, we're noticing as soon as we open up at nine o'clock, that toast, <laughs> orders coming in. So, you know, and these are from folks that are working around the area, you know, and w- when you have, what we're noticing is like a, almost like a $3 difference when you're ordering from a third party because all of a sudden there's different folks in the room. Yeah. You might get something, you might get a three pack combo for you, three taquitos, a side of your drink, but then you also want some guac and you're like, hey, do you guys want to split some guac? All of a sudden your average check is going through the roof, right? So, you know, we, one of the things that, look, I have a backpack with me, I, that's, that's my baby, right? I always got to think like, you have to be hungry to learn every single day. Remember going back to that lesson from in and out like you never stop gro- learning and growing. You never put your ego in your back pocket, learn, learn, learn every single time. Learn through your customers, learn through customer complaints, learn through you know any, any kind of experience. Um, so really having that mentality, that hunger to learn. What have you learned about vendor partnerships? Wow. Um, one of the things that I saw is when I was over at Dave's, we transitioned from one food distributor to another, right? And um, it was such a fantastic relationship that we, they were both great, yeah. right? But uh, one could scale. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and um, so I never forgot that, right? So what now we're with Roll'em Up, we're actually now utilizing that same food distributor. Who's that? PFG. Okay. Because they did a fantastic Shout job. Shout out to PFG. PFG, Roll'em Food Group. Look at that. Craig. Craig. See that? You did it, buddy. You do good work. People talk about you. And they tell, they tell it to the internet. I'll tell you how much Craig helped us out. Please. Uh, so we're sitting down, Ryan and I are sitting down with him. And uh, now we're talking about roll them up. And he goes, hey, I might have somebody that you guys might want to do business with. He introduced us to a new vendor that has been absolutely amazing. So it went from... Number one, Craig and PFG did a fantastic job with Dave's Hot Chicken. I wanted to have that same experience over here at Roll'em Up. And then along with that, now he's adding great people. Great people know great people, yeah. right? And um, 
So talk about a fantastic working relationship with your vendors, right? And, you know, I saw an amazing relationship with the vendors at Internet. I mean, they, were, they weren't vendors. They were part of the ecosystem. They were part of the family, right? So that was, uh, some, you know, everybody just felt like they all worked at In-N-Out, right? Your, the individual that sold chemicals to us, right? Mike Jean. Yeah, I felt like he worked at In-N-Out. Yeah. I felt like he was part of us. He knew us. He loved the brand. He took care of the brand. If we ever needed any help, he works for Maintex. I still to this day talk to him, right? Because I just always felt like he was more than just a vendor. He was a partner in the business. And uh, when absolute, like, that's the type of working relationships that we want to have throughout, you know, whether we're talking about vendors, franchisees, or, or whoever it may be, we want to make sure we have great relationships. Yeah. I love that. You said a, a friend in the business. That's what yes. Ryan, Ryan told you. Was, yes. You know, that's why these events matter. Spark LA, and I know Toast is going to be putting on a lot more incredible events throughout the country. Uh, we're going to have a big activation at National Restaurant Association, but it's important. It's hard to do to get out of your restaurants, to go to these events. But um, when you get to meet people like Sam and all the other incredible people that are going to be here today, it's, uh, it's why we're very excited about 2023 and beyond. Um, if you guys listen to this show, please join us every Wednesday and Friday at 10 a.m. on Clubhouse. It's a social audio app. Uh, we have digital hospitality leaders from all over the globe. We care about you and your story. It's a chance for you to come up on stage, tell us about your restaurant, tell us about content that you're creating on TikTok or on LinkedIn or things that you're working on sales marketing wise. Um, we want to give a shout out to today's shout out goes to the guy behind the camera over here, Kyle and Sarah. So Kyle joins us on Clubhouse. He's my co-host at Restaurant Idea Factory, but he flew all the way from New York to come to West Hollywood at the London um, for Spark LA. Kyle, thank you for stepping it up. Uh, who do you want to give a shout out to? This is going on Entrepreneur. Uh, to our crew. To your crew. I need one person. I need, see, we're restaurant people, Look, so we uh, always go like, oh, it takes a village. Yeah. I, I need one person, because. Uh, it has to be Ryan. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan and Tiff. Okay. They're a combo. We just call them Riff. Okay. They're just Riff. Riff. That's Restaurant <laughs> Idea Factory. That's what we're short for, too. Ryan and Tiff. Ryan I like and it. Tiff. Well, we should t- I mean, we'll talk about Ryan and Tiff yeah, they, uh, on our other show. They did this and they uh, they had a vision, right? They yeah. they bought like their garage was full of paper goods and roll them up stuff before we even opened one single restaurant. It takes some it takes them to to have that vision. And when a lot of people say no, they're like, no, no, we got to press on. And uh, they were able to do this throughout the pandemic, and uh, they just kicked ass. And uh, I'm really, really happy to be working with them. They're family. I so love absolutely love them. Make sure you guys are following me at Sean P. Walchef, S-H-A-W-N-P-W-A-L-C-H-E-F. If it wasn't for Paul Tran, who's following me on LinkedIn, my man Sam wouldn't even be sitting in that seat. You never know when we're going to give you a call to action on social media to say, we're popping up somewhere in a city near you, and we want to talk to the best restaurant influencers in that city. Paul said, Sam, got to be on the show. Paul, you did not let me down. Sam is absolutely fire. Um, any, any nice words you want to say about Paul, or you can throw him under the bus, too. I'm no. With that. Paul has been such a great addition <laughs> to the team. He's hilarious. Uh, and uh, thank you very much, Paul. Appreciate you uh, nominating me. And how can people get in touch with you? You personally, and then uh, roll them up taquitos. My LinkedIn, San Fons- at San Fonseca, and, uh, and for roll them up on our Instagram, TikTok, 
roll them up. Okay, we'll put links in the show notes. We appreciate you guys. Uh, please share the episode with a friend, subscribe, and uh, as always, stay curious, get involved, and don't be afraid to ask for help. We'll catch you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Restaurant Influencers. The best way that you can help us with the show is to subscribe and write a review. We love the opportunity to connect with you no matter where you are on the globe, no matter what restaurant you are running. Please send us a DM on social at Sean P. Walchef. If you are interested in toast, if you want to improve your digital hospitality, please send me a DM. I will get you in touch with a local toast representative. We appreciate you listening to this show. The best way that you can help this show is share it with a friend and we will catch you all next week or we will see you on one of the digital playgrounds that we call social media.